Here we go. Welcome to the DC podcast. Shaking it out. Here we go. We uh, we're here first of the year. Yep. And we have an exciting topic to talk about. We're being we're going to be topical. Okay. Which is a change for us. Yeah. Current events. Yeah, current events. That's the change for yeah. us. Really, we don't we don't do much of that. I bet you we'd have a lot more views if we did. I bet we would. If like anything that happened in the little evangelical bubble of subculture, if we just said, hey, let's do an episode on that. That's what a lot of podcasts do, though. Yeah. We're a little, uh, we're just, we're too slow and unconnected. And we're better. And we're better. Than them. So we're going to be talking about a a tweet, which turned into multiple tweets, mm-hmm. from J.D. Greer. Who's J.D. Greer? Uh-huh. Quiz. He is the president of the Southern Baptist Convention. A very newly elected president. That's right. And, uh, and after this week. And a little a little <laughs> soon to be impeached, eh man? Uh, well, he was I mean he was a little it was a little controversial to begin with in the Southern Baptist world because yeah. he's uh we'd say he's a reformed guy yeah. in his at least in his soteriology. Yeah. Um and I I know JD Greer from a book that he authored called Stop Asking Jesus into Your Heart. Mhm really good book that sort of looks at the way that in particularly Southern evangelical Baptist culture, there's a lot of confusion about what conversion is and what assurance is. And so basically his thing was stop making these kind of cheap, (coughs) spurious professions of faith and actually repent, like the posture of your heart, turn to Jesus and rest in the assurance that if you really do that, you don't have to keep making spurious dedications to the Lord, you yeah. are saved. And it's a really helpful book. It sounds like a good book. I, I really liked it. So I was excited to see him uh, take the helm of the SBC. He wrote a book on Islam that is fantastic. He was a missionary to uh, the Islamic world, to the Muslim world, um, served faithfully from what I know of his service there. And the book was really helpful to me when I was considering uh, going to reach the Muslim peoples of the world. So we're, we're saying all this to make it clear that uh, JD's a brother. Yeah. We really respect him and have learned a lot from him. He's a fantastic teacher. But this tweet. <laughs> it's a, well, not 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 necessarily the tweet. The tweet just kind of made public a decision that was yeah. made in the church. Yeah, the, the tweet is a little snapshot into something that we see as a really big problem in yeah. his ecclesiology. Yeah. And that tweet was initially that his church is church 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 he would say his church one church church. one church we would say their churches their cohort of churches it's a multi-site sort of situation Mm -hmm. uh he tweeted saying hey we're not going to gather (coughs) on the 23rd no incorrect he said we are going to gather for worship right (laughs) we're going to gather in our homes Right. Or in our small groups. So not gathering at a physical location together. Right. So what Digital the, gathering. What the church does week in and week yeah. out. We're there's not going to do that. No. There's a video that's pre-recorded. There's pre-recorded worship, music, pre-recorded message, and you're just going to... At home. Sit there with your family at home, or maybe with your small group, and you're going to worship, just using his language, uh, in that way. That's so, the way you're going to gather. So that's a, that's a pretty big difference between how I understand the word gather. Yeah. And how he seems to understand the word gather. Yeah. And I, I see a big problem there. Yeah. So the word church, we've been over this many times, uh, the Greek ecclesia. But to repeat ourselves is no problem for us, and it's beneficial for them. Thanks, Paul. Thanks. Yeah, okay. So ecclesia means... The gathering. The gathering. Yeah. Like the physical gathering of people coming yeah. together. That's right. So 
that we are gathered, mm -hmm. you, our audience member, if you're watching this, you're not gathered with us. No. There is a physical, spatial, and temporal yeah. difference between where we are and what we're doing and, and you observing us. So that's, yeah. that's just literally not what gathering means. Right, right, right. So I have a big problem with that. I yeah. think it's confusing. I think it's confusing to Christians who saw what his church was doing, what his to pastors who maybe are watching JD, who's a in many ways a, a model for many yeah. other pastors, looking at this and, and seeing the word gather be misused in that kind of way. Yeah. Makes people think, well, maybe we can be a church gathered from our living rooms. Yeah, that's right. It it, it you know it's particularly problematic in light of this current cultural mm -hmm. context and the 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 you know the zeitgeist right we live in a time where people believe that you can gather digitally where they think you can uh do church at home you can partake of the lord's supper with you know your bodega crackers and your pepsi soda right, right. but um you know 200 years ago if something like this were to happen if, if a if a church was to say hey just worship with your family and and have church in your homes it would still be wrong but it would be less problematic because you wouldn't be feeding into this machine that's already leading people so dangerously astray in terms of how they think about the Christian life in the church. But Sean, 200 years ago, we didn't have this amazing technology where we could broadcast our performances to the homes and televisions and iPhones of all of our congregation. Yeah. Now, and, and that is what I think somebody like JD would say. Sure. Is that we're just using technology and in doing so, we're still being faithful. But I think I think you got to be crazy to not look at the way we gather on the Internet, gather and think of that as a replacement for real human interaction. That's yeah. the first point. Yeah. Well, the second point. Can, is, I, can I double down on that? Yeah. Can I just add to that? You know, uh, we, we technology there, there is no technology that can bring two people physically into the same place when they're not physically right. in the same place. Take this same idea and apply it to a husband and wife who haven't seen each yep. other for a year on deployment. The husband's sitting there in his chew in Iraq and he's hot and tired and lonely and he hasn't felt the warmth of her touch for over a year. And, you know, the wife says, no, we're, we're here. We're together. And he'll say, no. We're not together. Yeah. I can't touch your cheek. You know, you can't kiss me. So... You know, right? We, we, we're not together. I mean, we're in a sense together, but we're not really. We can't love each other in the same way that we could if we were in the same room. Yeah. Okay, go ahead. Well, what does scripture say? About? About gathering. I mean, what do we do see it. as a model? We see the, the physical gathering, the sure. coming together of the saints. Yeah. And the sharing of fellowship that is is completely inseparable from physical gathering. Yeah. You see it in the Old Testament with... Holy Day convocations, right? Mm -hmm. uh, even on the Sabbath, uh, you see it with their f with their feasts and their festivals. It, the, it says that they would assemble, they would gather together. The, there's these disparate tribes, but they would come together when it was time to celebrate. Yeah. You see it in the New Testament. Jesus says, "Where two or three come together in my name, right? They're separate, but then you come into the same place." You even see it in you know the way that the that. Uh, the Jewish religion was practiced in the days of Jesus, right? They came together where? In the, uh, I know the word. Let's hear it. I know it. I'm not blanking. <laughs> I'm not blanking at all. Synagogues. There it is. Synagogue in the Greek. Oh, okay. Yeah, they they come to, they would come together in the synagogue, yeah. and, and a lot of that was imported into New Testament church practice. Now, 
some some people may be hearing this and like, okay, I get where you guys are coming from, yeah. but aren't you being a little hard on JD? And aren't um, we rambling a bit? Aren't we rambling? Probably. Yeah. But but I the reason this is so important, right, is because I think it shows a fundamental misunderstanding of what worship is, right? What the church is supposed to be doing, yeah, what we're called to do, yeah. If the church, if what the congregation is called to do is to observe a performance mm-hmm. and to to take in information and to get a good emotional experience from audio and visual stimulation, yeah, JD's got nothing wrong. Yeah, he's doing fine. And replace JD with anybody else who's doing the same thing. Any countless number of mega churches and evangelical churches that are doing this style of, I guess what you would would call like performance based services. I think that's exactly what you should what you should call it. And speaking of that, there's another tweet. Oh, right. I forgot the second tweet. The second tweet. So the second tweet. The double down was a double down. Yeah. Yeah. And describe it for us. You know about double downs. If you're watching this in video, you'll see it right now. Yeah. So JD tweets uh, a picture from his Christmas Eve service. Yeah. Uh, And I think it was their second service. I think so. Of their Christmas Eve service. We'll talk about that too. (laughs) Uh, And it's a picture of cell phones lit up from the audience. I, I don't think it's unfair to call it that since they call it a stage. Yep. Right. Uh, and it's he says, "Hey, we had everybody light up their phones to sh- to to show us that they gave a profession of faith while they were here in the service." Yeah, it was like looking in on a Miley Cyrus concert. Yeah, I mean, I mean it, it was, and you use the right words: audience, stage, performance, and cell phone lights, which is something I, I mean, you go to any concert anywhere, you light gonna, up your phone, see people the with their, you know, it used to be cigarette lighters, <coughs> now or. It's, Cigar lighters? Cigar, okay. Now it's all cell phone lights. And so it is, I think it's indicative of the same thing, mm-hmm. which is viewing the act of coming together in worship as a performance. Yeah, that's right. Are you trying to give me a signal? that I got No, I just, I have something in my flavor saver. Yeah. No, I mean, you're absolutely right, brother. When we come together as a church, it's, it's, the, it's mutual edification. We sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs to one another. We, Hebrews uh, 10, you know, we, we spur one another on to, wait, Hebrews 10, 12, or 13. I've been Hebrews heavy lately, so we I'm a little been. bit. But we spur one another on to love and to good works. We stir each other up to mm-hmm. help each other get to heaven. You don't stir me up with your sermon and with your songs and with your publicly led prayer. We do this to each other. Yes. Um, there is uh, an aspect of most Sundays where it is you kind of communicating to me from the pulpit or you leading me in a prayer. But the idea is that when we're here present in the same room, when I'm singing the hymn, I can look over at you. I'm singing to you and to God, yeah, right? It is, is mutually edifying. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, you're not a paid professional up on stage doing the work of worship while I, the, the neophyte, the nobody in the, in the audience sits there and, and watches you do the worship. Yeah. And that's, I mean, look, look at the way Christian life is described throughout the new Testament, the mutual love and bearing of burdens and uh, fellowship with, with brothers and sisters in Christ, repenting to one another, Mm -hmm. confessing sin, Mm -hmm. uh, helping one another. All of this is, through the ripple effects of this bad, pragmatic, performance-based view of worship, all of that is harmed. Yeah. Because you're no longer a brother or sister gathered together with another brother teaching and helping you pray and singing to one another. You are an audience member yeah. who picks a time, shows up to a performance, and then checks out. 
Yeah. And and so again, and you gotta you gotta write your check, put it in there. Of course, obviously. You're right. Gonna, it's it's more than attending a movie. But you're you're but, pay, but you're paying to attend the performance. Yeah, that's right. almost like and what your tithe check it's is. It's not much more than attending. Yeah, a movie. that's and right. And so again, I think those those ripple effects of this poor theology of worship are crippling the church. But Russell. But Sean. I think you're being a little legalistic. It was just two Sundays. It was the 23rd and the 30th. It was just two Sundays a year. Don't you think you're being a little bit of a Pharisee? Here's what I'm not saying. And the answer is no. I'm not being a Pharisee. Okay. I'm not saying that... (laughs) A Pharisee would say just that very thing. (laughs) Go ahead. (laughs) Uh, Yes, it's just two Sundays. And I mean, there's... It's not that this church failed to gather on like a super important day. Although it did. Although it did. Because every Sunday is a super important day. We're commanded to gather together. Um, I think it's just, like you said, it's kind of pulling back the curtain on a deeper core problem with this church's and many churches' theologies. Right. And like I said, I want to communicate this. I think this is a really important thing. I'm not just nitpicking someone's ecclesiology for the sake of being right or saying, well, you know, we've got it better than you. Yeah. I really do think that the ripple effects yeah. of this theology go into every aspect of what the church is, what the church is supposed to be doing, yeah. and the, the individual members of the church and their understanding of what that means for them. Yeah, how are we discipling our people to think about what happens on a Sunday morning? Right. And yeah. I, I think the effect of that is much bigger. I mean, this just canceling service for a holiday is like the tip of the iceberg. Right. And it represents something below the surface that's much more troubling. Yeah, it's a, it's a pragmatic expression of it's an expression of a deeper problem of pragmatism i agree yeah which is it's almost like we feel comfortable kind of hitting jd with a one-two punch because he's our team our camp yeah you know it's kind of like jesus really especially gave it to the religious leaders we wouldn't expect insert name of bad theology church in your neighborhood right church of the highlands Sure. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna throw them under there, the bus. Yeah, there it is. We we wouldn't. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. Exactly. I'd expect them to do that because right. I I recognize their long-standing bad ecclesiology. Yeah, and bad everything else. Bad everything right. else. I recognize them. I mean, that's the fruit that should come from their their understanding sure. of the church. Yeah. But, but a guy but, like JD, who's written a book on spurious conversions and bad understandings of assurance, yeah, telling people to hold up flashlights if they just made a confession of faith, yeah. That's, I don't get that. Yeah. And it's concerning. Yeah, it is. Um, and you know, it's honestly, I don't, I don't, I don't, uh, what's the way to say this? I don't care at all that he's a president of the SBC. I, I'm, I'm not a part of the SBC. I, I kind of can care less about that. Um, yeah, I'm just, you know, what, what I'm, what I'm very much afraid of, uh, is that this is a Mark Driscoll, uh, James McDonald kind of thing. I mean, these guys, so I was a member of Mark Driscoll's church for a little while. Okay. That's, and that's Mars Hill. Mars Hill. And I have some young guys that aren't familiar. Th- that are, yeah. Basic story. Uh, Mark Driscoll, this young guy came up on the scene very much like JD Greer, fantastic communicator, uber charismatic. I mean, just, you want to be in the same room as this guy and just biblically, you know, doctrinally rock solid reformed all the way, you know, even all the way down to the L and limited atonement, right? He's our guy. But he was cool and hip and, and all these other things. And he had a big, vibrant, growing church. And they were about missions. And how could you not like the guy? Yeah. Um, but some other older, wiser, some would say more curmudgeonly brothers uh, saw some issues there along these same lines of pragmatism. 
and they were very weary. Uh, and weary, weary. Dang it! Maybe they you were got, weary. They were probably both. You know, <laughs> they were also probably wearing their concerns on their sleeves. <laughs> and and they were called curmudgeons. Yeah, they were. You know, <sighs> Johnny Mac. Yeah. Can can. Can somebody not wearing a suit and tie be faithful, right? That sort of thing. Right. And I get it. Like, I'm with you. But with time, it was borne out that their concerns were valid. Right. There was a culture of celebrity, uh, a culture of performance, um, and a lot of other really unhealthy stuff going on in those churches that finally all came to a head. It all came to the and light it, eventually. And it crashed and, and burned in a very tragic way. A lot of people got hurt. A lot of churches shut their doors. People abandoned the faith. Um, and it's currently happening the same thing with James McDonald. Yep. Uh, and it's not, a, we're just using these as case studies. We're not yeah, trying to pick yeah. on these brothers or, or, or gossip. And, and, and to, and for JD, for this brother, we are knowingly accepting the fact that there are people who may watch this and say, you guys are just being a bunch of curmudgeons. You're, yeah. you're being legalists. As you yeah. said, you're theologically nitpicking him. We're just mad because our church only has 35 <laughs> members. Uh, that's we are we are genuinely concerned yeah um and i pray that we are wrong sure and that this view that we we see from his twitter feed of this this movement towards pragmatism yeah. and this poor ecclesiology yeah. i i pray that it turns around and we see nothing come from that negative yeah we don't see the implosion that kind of happened with guys like driscoll yeah that's right and 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 any any guy who's kind of set up as the guy right like you got to have the video of this guy preaching pumped into your service or else people aren't going to come yeah. whenever you have that kind of mentality it's dangerous. But what, what I hope we can do is for anybody who might be watching or listening who's aware of this and who may be influenced right. by the ministry of guys right. like JD who are leaning towards pragmatism and the shallow performance-based worship, yeah. we want to show them something better yeah. and more biblical. Yeah. And in contrast, here's what that looks like. It's, it's not a stage. Mm -mm. It's not uh, an amphitheater full of audience attendees. It doesn't even matter what the building looks like. Mm. It doesn't matter. Uh, I mean, the music, for example, is not a huge band designed to drown out the voices of the congregation. Mm -hmm. It is a people. The church is a people coming together. And every person in that church has a part to play, mm -hmm. has a ministry, has a voice in the congregation that, that sings praises to God and to one another. Yeah. And the experience is not one of auditory and visual stimulation. It's the experience right. of hearing the word of God faithfully preached and prayed and sung. And yeah. it is partaking of the Lord's Supper. It's a community. It's yeah. not it's not a performance where you get your ticket punched and then you leave. Yeah. Now that all that said, we want excellence. Yeah. I'm so I'm super thankful for Grant Miller, the brother who uh, leads us in our uh, time of singing praises to God. He's amazing. Mm -hmm. And it really does help me worship him. He could be on a stage somewhere. He could. With a smoke machine. That's right. But it, it probably making more money than me. <laughs> but if it ever gets to the point where we feel like without that, or without more than that, er, without this setup, we can't do what we do on a Sunday morning, we've gotten to a really bad place. Yeah. Right? Um, when we start trying to make things about the visual and the, I mean, it's, it's good to have a clean building. You know, you don't want your church building falling yeah. apart. But when we start adorning the building and trying to draw people in with lights and sounds and gimmicks and darkening the amphitheater so you can't even see your brother and sister next to you, yeah. something's wrong. Yeah. Uh, 
uh, I'm I'm about to maybe in your mind double down on the idea that we think we're better than everybody by using an example from our own services last Sunday. So we have a sister in our church who we every Sunday we have one of our sisters in the church come up and read scripture, mm-hmm. uh, usually a long chunk of scripture. Uh, and um, she, uh, Susan, read Romans nine this Sunday, the whole chapter, the whole chapter, because we are just that reformed. No, it just <laughs> it really fit with the theme of the text. That's okay, right. um, but I, and Miss Susan is a phenomenal reader. She does she does a great job. But every time it's Miss Susan's time to read, somebody probably finishes a prayer, maybe we end a song and you know, Amen, please be seated, whatever happens, right? And Miss Susan sits on the far side in the in the in the room and she doesn't go, Oh, they're wrapping up, let me get up and start walking there. No, everything comes to a standstill. And then she slowly gets up and makes her way all the way up to the pulpit. It's about 10 seconds of silence, yeah. which feels like about nine minutes. That's right. <laughs> and uh, it's come up in our service review, you know? Yeah. And I've specifically said, don't say anything about it. I love it. I want it just like that. Uh, it, why would I say something like that? Is it because I just love awkward? Is it because I think we're better if we're awkward? No. No. I'll go ahead and tell you since you look like you're... Well, there's a, there's a level of polishedness that, yeah. that indicates performance. That's right. I, I like it that we have little things on a Sunday morning that let people in the room know we haven't had a rehearsal, right? Like, uh, not that the musicians didn't come in and make sure that they were on the same page with the song, but we, we're, not, we're not rehearsing this. This isn't a performance. You know, if there's an f- awkward five-minute walk to the front, that's perfectly fine, you know? Yeah. And, and, if, and if it's not perfectly fine for you, brother, you probably need... If everything else is well in the service, if we're singing biblically rich songs, if the sermon is gospel-centered and it's speaking the truth of God's word, if your brothers are here in genuine love and affection, even through hard times and suffering and difficulty, if all of that's taking place and that is killing you, you probably got to work on something in your heart there. Yeah, well, in, in the same service review, uh, I think I did. I, I think I mentioned something about the congregation. I said the word audience. Yeah. Oh, it was, we were talking about uh, a Bible study. Yeah. And I caught myself like, you know, that's not... Did you catch yourself? I did. Okay. I thought I sharply rebuked you. You may have to. I think I stopped it and said, hey, that's like the second time tonight. Because <laughs> I said it earlier. Yeah. I said audience, and then you said it, yeah. and then you caught yourself, and then yeah. I said, hey, just so everybody knows, we will never say that word in the right. service review again. So, so it's not like we are perfect at this. No. Or that no. we have always had this pure, reformed understanding of the church. No. I remember walking it. out of a service as a very young Christian because I thought their music was terrible. Yeah. But they were faithful, and I regret it. You know? I should have stayed at that church. Anyways. Yeah. So the, the, the whole point here, though, again, yeah. is that this little snapshot of what's going on in one church, very, very influential theologically and and culturally influential church points to a much, much deeper problem with our understanding of worship as Christians. Yeah. Pragmatism, entertainment, performance, all of that uh, is an incredible threat to, I think the gospel and to the church. Yeah. It's, it's dangerous. It's dangerous. Yeah. Uh, JD Greer, I doubt that you would ever, ever see this podcast but if you do you should know that we assume just kind of automatically that you are better than us in a thousand ways that you're more intelligent you're a better leader you probably have better personal holiness than us um you know you've obviously been able to lead so many more people to christ than we have and so we have the utmost respect for you brother and we hope that you don't feel attacked we hope that nobody watching this feels that way um, but we do hope that you would consider and change your mind on some of these things and if you're a young guy looking to J.D. Greer, just remember, 
Take the good, leave the bad. All right, let's wrap it up. That's all I got. Thanks for listening. Hey, what's the book? Are you going to recommend it? You know, I, yeah, I'm going to recommend J.D. Greer's book. Yeah. Uh, Stop Asking Jesus Into Your Heart. Very, very uh, attention-grabbing title. I yeah. like it. Yeah. Really good book, like I already said. It deals with the question of conversion and assurance, uh, and it dispels a lot of misunderstandings that are very common in especially Southern Baptist evangelical culture. So yeah. great book. Highly recommend it. You can get it on Audible, um, which is, I think, how I listened to it back in the day. I don't think I read the hard copy. Uh, really good book. So check that out. It'll be in the comments or sorry, in the, in the episode description, there'll be a link to that. You can go get it. Use my discount code sleepy sheep. So <laughs> thanks for listening. Yeah. Uh, and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, where we don't update anything. Nope. And uh, <laughs> we'll catch you next time. Our church would be, our Instagram account would be as big as uh, summit crossings. If we did any of that. <laughs>